the Texas Rangers are 2-0 in the ALCS, take commanding 2-0 lead over those stinking Houston Astros and remain undefeated in the playoffs. We will break down what went right for the Rangers, what they need to do to close out this series in Arlington. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of Locked On Rangers. Today is Monday, October 16th, and your Rangers are still undefeated in the playoffs, headed back home to Texas to a game three up to a with Max freaking Scherzer on the mound. My God, does it feel good to say that? Thank you so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on YouTube where the best way you can help grow the show is to watch every single day and to comment nearly any single thing below. Shout out to all of y'all in the live chat as we are here live on YouTube after the Rangers have taken a two to nothing lead over those stinking Houston Astros in a game that nearly killed all of us. Oh my God, what a stressful game that did not need to be this stressful. But I mean, my goodness, they did it. This Rangers team is absolutely unbelievable. This offense, their game plans early for starting pitchers is just on point. I had a feeling that if the Rangers were going to win this one, they needed to jump on from Valdez. I said that he is beatable. He is not the same version of himself that he has been in years past, which has been a really, really good pitcher, like a criminally underrated pitcher. But now he's just rated because the Rangers jumped all over him in this one. Seven hits in two and two thirds innings for Valdez did have six strikeouts. The curveball was working real, real nasty for him. Um, but Hey, five runs, four of which were earned and the Rangers were just on him eating his lunch early. I mean, two pitches, two hits, um, four hits on his first 10 pitches. And my Goodness, this Rangers offense just got to him early, spotted Nathan Eovaldi a lead, and with that lead, Nathan Eovaldi just ran with it. And it would have been nice to get a few more runs in this one. I mean, shout out to the Astros bullpen that came in and you know shut the Rangers offense down. I don't know what it is about this Rangers offense. They cannot hit relievers. They just, they can't. It's just, I, I don't know what it is, what deal they made to be an amazing offense, but it is almost always off of starting pitching. I'm honestly surprised that the Astros haven't empl employed a bullpen game against these Texas Rangers because that's been like the one way to get the Rangers hitters out all year. That has just been it is just bullpen game or, you know, be, be the last day of the season. And um, it's not George Kirby. I can't think of the guy who, whose memory I'm, I'm blotting out uh, in game 162 that just shut down the Rangers offense. But for the most part, this Rangers offense has been incredible. They had a game plan that seemed to be similar to what they had against Justin Verlander of jump on early strikes, jump on early fastballs. And they did. And they knocked Fromber Valdez around. It felt like they could have gotten a little bit more off of him. 
I mean, the only two hits that Marcus Simeon had in this game were both off of Framber Valdez. And, you know, shocker, they they pulled him before he could get to Marcus Simeon with the bases loaded. Um, actually, not shocking. Actually, I don't know if the bases were loaded at that point, but they know it was a high leverage spot. And Framber Valdez did not want to face this lineup a third time through. Two times was enough because the Rangers were doing freaking damage. And it was, again, the everybody in this lineup. I mean, Robbie Grossman, here he comes in hitting third. And, you know, we had to suffer through the long national nightmare of Robbie Grossman, three hole hitter for about two innings, which was fine because the Astros bullpen is made up entirely of right handed pitchers. They just cannot find a lefty reliever for whatever reason, but they've seemed to have gotten along fine without it. And so in comes Evan Carter in that third inning. The long national nightmare was over and Robbie Grossman was out of the game, but he was the only one of the first four hitters who did not reach base on a hit in that first inning. He reached base on a double error play by from Valdez, a fielding error on a ball that he should have gotten to. And then a throwing error to throw the ball away to score the first run, which was the unearned run, which I maintain my position that if pitchers are the ones who get the error, the run should count as earned because it's still their goof up. It shouldn't be an unearned run because they're responsible for that. If he just can't throw, I'm surprised the Rangers didn't run a little bit more on him. I didn't realize that how successful runners have been against from Valdez. We got to see some mind games from Simeon on first base, you know, digging like he was going to go. And um, the Rangers made the most of their stolen bases. They got to Leo Zavaris to get to second base uh, off of, Montero and Maldonado. So just a re really good game from Leo Tavares, who had one of two extra base hits in this one, including the home run, the Heim time homer, first career playoff home run from Jonah Heim, an absolute no doubter homer in all 30 parks, even though it was hit into those cheapy minute made uh, Crawford box seats. It was not a cheapy uh, because Jonah Heim got absolutely all of that pitch. He continues his phenomenal postseason at, at the plate has not been as phenomenal defensively. He's bringing everything you could want. And there's a reason why he was hitting so high up in this order at sixth. He is probably going to stay there. This is probably what the lineup is going to look like. And not a great day for Josh Young. I was honestly surprised against the lefty. Josh Young has absolutely crushed lefties. He had a really, really good series against um, Tampa Bay. He had a pretty decent series against Baltimore, but so far against the Astros, he's just looked absolutely lost and 0 for 4 day at the plate. Three strikeouts, not a good day for him against Valdez. That curveball was nasty, and it was giving him some problems. He also had an error on the day, which was a tough error to be charged, but still a play that he thinks he could have made and should have made, but he made up for it with some great, great defense. The Rangers were playing great defense all over the diamond again in this one with some diving stops by Josh Young and some decent plays by by Leo Tavares in the outfield. And the, the only run that didn't score on a solo home run was a Jordan Alvarez running from first base all the way down to home and a, a throw that hit the mound by Corey Seager. It was a great initial read by Leo Tavares to go get the ball and Michael Brantley double in the gap and cut it off before it got to the wall and get the ball to Corey Seager. And the throw just was not great by Corey Seager. Not the best day for Corey Seager. Not the best couple of games by Corey Seager. One for five with a couple of strikeouts, including one against JP France, which is incredibly, incredibly frustrating. The Rangers hit JP France pretty hard, but we're not able to get anything going. Like I said, the other extra base hit that I was getting to before I started monologuing was, I guess this entire podcast is a monologue because it's a solo podcast and that's, that's how things go. But anyway, Leo Tavares got his first career playoff triple 
off of JP France, absolutely smoked ball into the gap and the Rangers could not get him home. And it was incredibly frustrating. A hard hit ball by Marcus Simeon that had a, I believe 400 expected batting average on that line drive that, you know, took Alex Bregman to the base at third, not a whole lot that Leo Tavares could do to avoid getting doubled off. Just incredibly frustrating missed opportunity for the Rangers to get some more runs on the board because this offense, we've seen them go on these runs early on, but they haven't really done the best job at piling on late on in games, but, I still keep seeing people piling on on this offense. Like it hasn't been absolutely sensational. I mean, this is from Valdez. The Rangers got him for five runs. I know he would have liked to see more runs later on in the innings, but this offense is not the problem. This offense has been incredible. And again, they do it in different ways. They do it. What needs to be done. They step up to the plate and do the job that is asked of them to get the win. And again, the Rangers got the win. They are up 2-0. They are undefeated in Houston in the playoffs for the perpetuity of this franchise. They have not lost a game to the Houston Astros in the playoffs in their franchise history. They have not lost a playoff game under Bruce Bochy with Evan Carter, with Corey Seager, with Marcus Simeon, with Chris Young at the helm. They have not lost a single playoff game. They are still undefeated. You know how insane that is with how much this team has gone through. As the broadcast points out about a billion times per game. Well, the Rangers lost the division on the last day of the season. We freaking get it, Fox. Shut up about it. Find a new talking point. Figure out something else to talk about, like the Rangers going and winning both of these games and in incredible, improbable fashion with the bullpen stepping up in a big, big way in a situation where I did not think Aralis Chapman would leave without giving up the lead, but he did. And this bullpen held, and I'll tell you why I am so extremely perplexed by that happening. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are the most comfortable pants or shorts you will ever find yourself wearing. Bird Dogs have stretched khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit so much better. They are so incredibly comfortable. They get, I got a pair, a, a couple pairs of Bird Dog shorts and a pair of Bird Dogs long pants. I'm able to wear the long pants a little bit more as I am out and walking in the crisp, cool air, and they are so incredibly comfortable. They make you look good, make you feel good. You will want to go and get yourself a pair of bird dogs because they are great for any occasion, whether you're out walking, whether you're sitting at home, whether you're out on a date or out at the golf course, they are perfect for literally everywhere. So go to birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB or enter promo code lockdown MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash lockdown MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Shout out to the everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers first listen every single day. I believe on tomorrow's show I'll be doing a mailbag because the Rangers have an off day as the Rangers take on the Astros game three at home with Max Scherzer on the freaking bump at Globe Life Field up 2-0 in the ALCS. The Rangers take them on. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, Nathan Evaldi went a quality start in this one. Six innings, three runs, two of which came off of solo home runs and nine strikeouts. Just the one walk, of course, it was to Jordan Alvarez because why wouldn't it be to Jordan Alvarez? Also one of those solo home runs. 
was to Jordan Alvarez. Um, and the other one was to Alex Bregman into those stupid Crawford boxes because of course it was. And this could have been a little bit better of a day for Nathan Evaldi. He didn't feel like he was as sharp as he normally is. And the pitches that he gave up the home runs to on um, were just, they were bad pitches. They were honestly not good pitches in the situation. The one to Jordan was a fastball just right over the middle of the plate, a little bit up. And that was where the catcher was spotting it. So that's where he intended to throw it, which I don't understand in the slightest why that's the place that Jonah was thinking. Yeah, no, this this guy, Jordan Alvarez, we, we got to him yesterday, got him to go 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. And um, yeah, this this will be the spot to throw this ball just right down the plate. And shocker. Jordan Alvarez hit the absolute crap out of it. Now, apparently Jordan has been dealing with some sort of stomach bug or something. Uh, Kenny Rosenthal of The Athletic reported that before the game. And I don't know, maybe that was the, the Astros leaking. That was maybe their way of trying to make Jordan look better for having the 0 for 4, 3 strikeout day against Jordan Montgomery and Rollis Chapman combined. But I don't know, it kind of it felt a little bit like excuses. Then Dusty Baker's comments after that were just talking about, oh, everybody's got a virus. I've got a virus. You've got a virus, whatever. Like, it's actually not that big a deal. It was also somehow more concerning and confusing. But either way, I mean, he looked absolutely incredible in this game. Jordan Alvarez did look like he had not not done, not dealing with any kind of stomach bug or anything. He went two for three with a walk and a pair of solo shots, including a home run off of none other than Araldis Chapman. But I want to go back to Nathan Eovaldi, who, even though he didn't have, it felt like his A stuff in this one. I mean, the velocity and stuff was was still there. You're still getting swings and misses. I mean, he did have nine strikeouts in this one against a team that's, that's not particularly strikeout prone, but he was doing a great job of mixing his stuff. The splitter looked fantastic. The four-seamer looked very, very good, averaging 91 miles or 95 miles an hour. Cutter looked good. Curveball looked good. He was sequencing, sequencing everything exactly how he liked it, and he was able to get himself out of a absolutely ginormous spot that felt terrifying it felt like the bullpen was going to have to come in in the fourth inning because nathan Eovaldi got himself into a bases loaded no out jam and what does he do he strikes out yiner diaz he strikes out jose otubi then he gets alex bregman to ground out to get out of the jam big game nate doing what needs to be done getting himself out of the jam with the lead still intact still where it was and pitching all the way through the sixth inning i thought he probably could have gone in the seventh inning but bochi wanted to go with josh spores spores looked fantastic he wanted to go with chapman for some god awful reason in the eighth inning and it didn't end up killing him and then leclerc comes in and gets the job done in the ninth inning and partially the eighth inning as well. But Nate Eovaldi, just the big game of big game pitchers. This guy is who you signed. This was supposed to be your number two starter behind Jacob DeGrom. Then once you acquired Max Scherzer, thought, all right, maybe he's going to be behind Max Scherzer. Um, but no, time and time again, he ends up being the guy who comes through. And well, he actually is the Rangers number two game two starter behind Jordan Montgomery, who was absolutely sensational in the first game of the series. And if the Rangers get to a game five and they don't finish off the sweep in the first two games, which is entirely possible, entirely possible with what's going on uh, ahead of them. But I, I said before this series in my series preview, the keys to winning the series, one of the big ones was win the Eovaldi in Montgomery games. The Rangers did. The Rangers are two wins away. And if this goes to distance to, you know, six games, 
or seven games, then the Rangers will have another op- couple of opportunities with Nathan Eovaldi and Jordan Montgomery on the Hill. And if they win both of those games, the Rangers will advance to the World Series where they will play either the Phillies or the Arizona Diamondbacks who are going on as we speak, as I guess, as I speak, maybe you're speaking too. Um, but this is a huge start for him coming through to get six innings. I mean, it's so hard to get six innings from your starter in a playoff start. I mean, the Rangers had literally, I think, I think maybe Eflin went five and maybe Eflin went six, but I don't think anybody has gone six innings against the Rangers as a starting pitcher. I know nobody actually, no, Justin Verler did in game one. Duh. How could I forget that literally yesterday? But um, for the most part, the Rangers haven't had uh, just about anybody going deep against them. And they have had their starters go deep in nearly every single game that they've had one of their top two guys on the hill. And they have had Jose Leclerc come through every single time he has been asked. He has pitched in every single playoff game and every single playoff win because every single game in the playoffs has been a playoff win for the Texas freaking Rangers who are still undefeated in the mother freaking playoffs. I cannot believe it with how this team limped in. I, with with every passing game, I am more and more assured, more and more um, you know, sure in my assertion that Bruce Bochy is using some kind of dark wizard magic magic in October. And uh, you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm not reporting him to the authorities. I'm not reporting him to the wizard police because he's doing it for my favorite team and not against my favorite team for once. And uh, my goodness, what a job he has done to curate the vibes of this team, to push the right buttons, to put Robbie Grossman in the three hole and move Mitch Garver down. And Garver didn't even have that great of a day in the five hole, but everybody else did enough. They did their job to get the win, to, get the 2-0 series advantage heading home with Max Scherzer on the freaking bump without having to use any of their long relievers in any of these games. So you will have a fully healthy and rested Dane Dunning, a fully and healthy rested uh, Cody Bradford, a fully healthy and rested Andrew Heaney and Martin Perez. So whoever needs to come out in relief or piggybacking Max Scherzer in game three can do so. And you will have an off day where you can rest your bullpen that came through again today, only allowed the one run in three innings of work. And the one run was a extremely predictable solo home run by Jordan Alvarez off of Aroldis Chapman that literally everybody on earth could see coming outside of Bruce Bochy. And it continues to be my one pet peeve with Bruce Bochy coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about that and the rest of the bullpen coming up huge in this game. But first, this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch to the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to win, wait the whole game to see who will get the W. Predict that will win will happen in the next at-bat with quick bets if you are going to place a bet on your own Alvarez homering against the Texas Rangers bullpen. That would have been a pretty darn good bet to make. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Step into the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. 
Shout out to the everyday just making Locked on Rangers first. Listen, every single day on Wednesday's show, I'll be going live right after the Rangers in Game 3, talking about what happens there with Max Scherzer on the hill. The Rangers take on the Astros in the ALCS, in which they are undefeated, a 2-0 lead against those stinking Houston Astros. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this Rangers bullpen, again, comes through. Again, comes through with a close lead. Josh Boers comes in in the seventh inning, works a perfect inning, gets a strikeout. Rollis Chapman comes on. Thankfully, he doesn't have to face off against Jose Altuve um, because uh, Spores was was facing him, and that was nice that he did not leave Arald, uh, Jose Altuve for Rollis Chapman. And here he comes, and he gets a couple of outs, including a strikeout. I believe the strikeout was against um, Tucker, it was. No, I think that might have been No, it was. I think it was Tucker. Um, doesn't matter. Anyway, um, he comes in, he gets a couple outs, he faces off against Jordan Alvarez, and on the very first pitch of the at bat, he puts a slider. The command was just not great. It was not great, and you could tell it, but he was able to do enough to get Kyle Tucker out to swing and miss. And, uh, up comes Jordan Alvarez, and the one thing that everybody knows about Earl Chapman is when he does not have his fastball command, he just does, not, does not have that in the zone. He is either going to groove one right down the middle, or he's going to try and go to that slider, which he can usually command a little bit better than that fastball if that's erratic. And that's what he did to Jordan Alvarez. On the very first pitch, he threw a slider, lefty-lefty, down and away, on the quarter, dots it, and Jordan Alvarez sits on it and smacks the bejesus out of that baseball for a solo home run, and that was that that was the end of the night for your for Araldus Chapman and uh just an incredibly predictable outcome it just did not feel like a good process Araldus Chapman I have said time and time again I have had my complaints with him but in the right situation Chapman can be good can be effective but on back to back days he has been terrible in 13 games this season with zero days rest he has an 868 ERA in 9 in a third innings 10 hits, 11 runs, nine of which are earned. I think the other couple were the inherited runners in extra innings. 15 walks in nine in a third innings on zero days rest. 15 walks, nine in a third innings. That's nearly two walks per inning. He just does not have his command on back-to-back days. The velocity is down. The stuff is not nearly as nasty. And everybody knows this. This is very publicly available data, not to mention whatever biomechanical data, whatever other fancy numbers that the Rangers front office has to give to Bruce Bochy to say, hey, don't throw this guy on back-to-back days. But Bruce Bochy, stuck in his old-school ways, says, nah, I'm going to Chappie. He's my eighth-inning guy. And now that I have this this, this trio, this three-headed monster, that I'm going to always go to them, which does not feel right. Chris Stratton has not been used in any game this season. I would have felt much better with him going in that eighth inning. I would have felt much better with Will Smith going in that eighth inning. I would have felt much better with just about any other Rangers leader, maybe Dane Dunning or Andrew Heaney coming in for an inning in that spell, but not Chapman on back-to-back days. Thankfully he got out of it, but it was because, you know, it is not been a great postseason for Kyle Tucker, who is a very, very good hitter and just, is not having a great, a great postseason. Uh, I would have been fine with John Gray. Um, Coltrane Cobain is, is talking about Gray in, in the eighth inning. I, I think I'd be okay with that. Um, I think that'd be fine. Even Dunning for that one out in the eighth inning to face off against the righty versus having Jose Leclerc have to get four outs. He got it. 
he got a couple of walks that he had to work around, but he got it. He didn't have any strikeouts in this one, um, but still he did the job. The velocity for Chapman wasn't down as much on his four seam. He was still averaging 98.5 miles an hour in this one, but Jose Leclerc, the velocity was still up significantly from the regular season average, averaging 96.7 miles an hour in this one. He has been absolutely nails for the Rangers when they have needed him most. He has come through in the biggest spots, challenging these hitters, challenging Jose Altuve with, I believe a either a full count or a three, one pitch that was kind of up and over the plate. And Jose Altuve just flew out and the Rangers won the freaking game. Wow. What a, what an inning from him. One inning and a third from him. Actually, the couple of walks came in the eighth inning, had a one, two, three, ninth inning closed out the save what a freaking day third save for him and just a an exclamation mark on the first eight nine eight games i think it is i think the rangers are eight and oh if my math is mathing no i think it's seven rangers are seven oh at this point in playoffs yes two wins in the first round three in the second round and two so far in this round hopefully the rangers can just go ahead and finish off that sweep give themselves more time at home to get ready for whoever it is they're facing in the world series if they get there we'll see if they get there but my god this team just has it i mean games like this games like game one games like game one of the alds these are the games that this texas rangers team did not win in the regular season. They did not win. They not only did they not win them, they lost them very, very often. They happened a lot. And the Rangers were just terrible in one run games in these close games where the bullpen had to hold on. Or the Rangers had to manuf manufacture runs played on in games and just eat themselves out. And they just did not do it. The Rangers were 14 and 22 this season in one run games. And here they are in the postseason, winning a one-run game against the Houston freaking Astros in their building to take a 2-0 lead in the ALCS. What? My goodness. This freaking team is just on another level right now. Like It's just, there is no numbers. There is no analysis. There is no, you know, analytics that are telling me why this team is good. They are just a team that is feeling it. They've got the power of Creed and the power of Bruce Bochy and the power of belief in them freaking selves. They know that they are good. They are acting like they are good. They do not care who they are facing, whether it's the reigning world champs, whether it's the 99 win Rays, whether it's the 101 win Baltimore plucky Orioles. It does not matter who is for them. It doesn't matter who is against them. They are for themselves and they are the biggest advocate for themselves. And they are the only one whose opinions they care about. They do not care what anybody else thinks about them. They don't care what their opponents think about them. They don't care about what the broadcast thinks about them. They don't care about what opposing fan bases or the national fan at large cares about. They care about their home fans being for them. But other than that, they are not concerned with anybody else's opinion. And that's amazing. That is what good mentally tough teams do. That is one of the hallmarks of Bruce Bochy teams is the belief in themselves and pulling the strings and doing the right time, doing the right things over and over again, whether they look like boneheaded mistakes, like pulling out or all this Chapman, he got the job done. And I still don't like the process. I still would hate for him to use or Chapman on back to back days. He got away with it this time. Mostly, I mean, he got touched for the home run by Yodel Alvarez, uh, which might have happened to somebody else on, on uh, you know, two days rest or whatever, and it might not have. But I don't love the process, but it, it doesn't matter. It's easy to second guess now. But at this point, 
why bother? Why, why, why are we bothering? Why am I bothering second-guessing Bruce Bochy? His team is undefeated in the freaking playoffs. The man has three rings. The man has never lost a league championship series. I guess he's also never lost an ALCS because he's never been in one before as a manager. This is his first time, and the Rangers have never lost an ALCS before in their history, hoping both of those trends stay true and the Rangers can stay undefeated in the ALCS, head on to the World Series, and win the whole freaking thing. Bruce Bochy has not lost a World Series since he was there with the San Diego Padres. He was only lost it one time. So hoping that he can make it four, uh, winning four straight trips to the World Series that he has made it to. Um, there's no even year magic from the the San Francisco Giants that is transferring over here. Maybe he has figured out odd year magic. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe we'll see the even year magic next year. I don't know, but whatever is going on in this locker room with this team, with Austin Hedges' butt in magic numbers, the vibes are through the freaking roof with this team. They just win. They just keep winning, and they don't know how to lose. And I hope they don't remember until, I don't know, until I die, another 100 years. hope they never remember how to lose because this team is just so improbable the ups and downs and the steady hand of Bruce Bochy and card games that are you know making team chemistry and all kinds of different things that are you know adding up to some absolutely sensational vibes for this freaking baseball team I am just blown away by it I can't believe that I was right that the Rangers were going to jump on from Valdez early and and get this one and, and take a 2-0 lead I predicted in my crossover with the Lockdown Astros boys a five a five game or game five Rangers in five a gentleman sweep which I think could be the case if the Rangers take game three with Max Scherzer on the hill. Not entirely sure what to expect from Max Scherzer. I mean, I've heard very promising reports. Scherzer knows himself very well. He threw 69 pitches in his most recent simulated game, and he felt very good about it and maintaining his stuff and his intensity throughout those 69 pitches. So I'm thinking somewhere in the ballpark of 70 to 75 maybe 80 pitches if they want to stretch it. I think 75 is about the high water mark for what I'd feel comfortable with Max Scherzer. That could get you through three innings. It could get you through four. The Rangers are really going to need to do some damage to whoever is starting game three for the Houston Astros. I'm thinking it's going to be Christian Javier. I haven't seen uh, anyone be named, but um, yeah, they need some length from Max Scherzer. They need some length from whoever they're going to have pitching later on this one. I, I really... I really, I know I said I don't want to see Chapman on anything other than like at least a day's rest, but I think pitching him and Spores and the clerk in three games out of four days, unless it's like a one run game, if you've even got a two run lead, I'd feel much more comfortable rolling with one of the longer relievers or just somebody else that you haven't used yet. Even if you have to throw Stratton in there for a little bit, I mean, Hopefully the Rangers can get to whoever is starting in that game as well, like they did against Robert Valdez, but hopefully they can add on against the bullpen. The Rangers had to make this bullpen throw a lot of innings, six and a third innings to be precise. The, the Astros used Montero. They used JP France. They used Maton. They used Abreu. They used Presley all in games that they lost. That's great. Abreu has had to throw in two games already. And if he throws in game three, That'll be three games in four days. He's not going to be able to throw in the next game. There's no way they're going to throw him in four games in five days. And it might even take him out of game six. I don't think so. I think that they gave him a day off um, if they pitch him in game 
three. They gave him game four off, and he's probably going to be available for game five. Um, but still, making these guys throw, making them work. I mean, Ryan Presley did have a uh, a hitless inning in the ninth inning, but the Rangers made him work. They had some good plate appearances. They made him throw, I believe it was 20-something pitches. Yeah, 20 pitches, exactly, um, in that ninth inning. That was good. That will hopefully pay some dividends, and hopefully the Rangers don't have to see them because the Rangers still have not trailed outside of one half inning in this entire postseason. Not only are they undefeated, they just aren't losing at all. Not only not losing games, but just not losing during games. That is how you keep these good fives going. That is how you keep this win streak going. Get on them early. Step on their necks. Do not let up until they are dead and you are moving on to the World Series. Rangers have what it takes to take down this Houston Astros team. They are not the same team that they have been in years past. They are beatable. And not only that, but the Rangers are just better right now. Stay better. Stay on them. Keep winning. You got a 2 nothing lead heading home with Max Scherzer on the freaking hill to go for a 3 nothing chokehold on Wednesday. Hopefully they can take this off day, get themselves right, and hopefully the offense will figure out how to hit some relievers in Game 3. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy ALCS Texas Rangers baseball.